everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Here we are for another episode of Witch Casting with Theodore Pendragon. My special guest today is Cheyenne, and she will be talking about her spiritual awakening and where that has brought her. Welcome, Cheyenne. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You had a spiritual awakening, which led you down a wonderful path. So tell us about that. I feel like this is like one of my closely guarded secrets that I just started openly talking about after I started on my projects. It's been about four years now just to get the ball rolling on the story. I was a super like normal person. I've always been extremely outgoing, but I've always just, I mean, I had a normal job. I was managing restaurants. Um, I did yoga in my spare time just trying to find like normal ways to be vital is like the nicest way to say it. As far as anything in metaphysical, I always thought it was interesting, but I wasn't like in the field of study or anything. Like there was still an extreme detachment on it. So about a couple months before my wedding, everything's starting to ramp up to get the nuptials in line. And I am noticing I'm not really feeling like a bride is supposed to be feeling. And it's really starting to mess with me because it wasn't like I was having doubts about the marriage or didn't know what I was doing or anything. It was more like something's going on again internally in me. And I'm going to need to find a definition for this outside of Western medicine, because I had kind of already been through the ringer of Western medicine when I was in my early 20s. And that's another story I'll get into in a minute. But fast forward, probably about two weeks before my wedding, I had um, a Kundalini awakening activation and a heart chakra expansion. I had a, I would say a small beginner one at the yoga studio I was with, with my late yoga instructor, Sally. And I remember just needing a moment and going to like, I went to the bathroom because I couldn't believe how like overwhelmed with happiness I was. I was crying so much and I felt gratitude through my body for the first time. Like I didn't feel like I was suffering is probably the best way that I could describe it. And I was just sitting there sobbing in this bathroom in the yoga studio, just like, putting my hands together and thanking the energies above me that I could actually feel this because I had like been breadcrumbed with this feeling. But for the longest time, I had never been able to really cultivate it in myself the way that I just found out I was capable of doing. 
So it started shifting my perspective a lot. I started listening more to the energy. Like I went and got like a bio well treatment and the lady like shot frequencies through my body basically. And she showed me a picture of my chakras on a piece of paper. And I never knew that there was an instrument out there where you could actually measure your auric field and energetic field and a bunch of other like meridian lines in your body to like check out blocked energy. I had only read it in like ancient Vedic texts and breath work. And again, more of the like easier grounded holistic side is probably the way that I would say it. So I had this like scientific proof that like my heart was literally shoved to the back of my spine. Probably two months before that, I got somewhat of a nudge from my intuition to go just check out this birth chart reader that I'd been wanting to go see. And when I went and talked to this birth chart reader, I had no idea the depth that anyone could read on a birth chart before. And this woman had me crying in her office on stuff that I'm like, you can see that on that piece of paper? What is going on? And luckily, like right when I moved here, I had found a medium that I really liked going to. Like I knew that she was authentic and had a connection with the divine. She like slowly connected me with things. Like I could just, in the awakening, it's almost like you get passed off to certain people, like while you're trying to find your intuition, right? So I ended up waking up just feeling honestly like I was on shrooms. I think that's the best way to describe a spiritual awakening to people because the interconnectedness, the understanding that you have that we're all connected, we all come from the same place. Unconditional love is completely available to all of us. Cultivating in ourselves is available to all of us. Like This true understanding that we are just all love and we're all energetic beings in a human body. Like All of this came out, but I was sober, but I just had like a paradigm shift. I started having extremely prophetic dreams that have come true years later. I found out through the grapevine because seeing it scared me so bad, especially because it had nothing to do with my life. It had to do with an old friend's life and where he was kind of going in his life and on the trajectory that he was choosing for himself. And at the time, I just really wanted to believe like it was a dream. I don't know why I would be shown these things. You know, I sat down in my meditation and I asked my higher self and my guides, you know, honestly kind of upset because I don't want to see this type of stuff. I'm like, why would you show me stuff about somebody else's life? Like this has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my evolution. And I don't want to like hate this person because I see their life and where they're going. It just, it really just upsets me. I don't know why it upsets me so bad, but I don't want to see this. So then the next couple of days, I had more dreams that were extremely real. Uh, the people I saw in there were real. The rituals that were used in there were a mix of ancestral, juridic, and indigenous. So I thought that was really cool to see all of these rituals being done in the ether with like kind of our spirit. I myself was being stood back with more of a guide and they were like, watch, look at this, look at the lines, look at what's happening, look at the timelines. And again, I didn't know that anything like this could really happen to someone like me. I know 
there's been a lot of people in my life that have talked about like Eckhart Tolle books and the new earth and power of now. And I really just took it more as like self-help motivator stuff. Not like you had a Kundalini awakening and you're literally activating a serpent going up your spine and activating clear senses and seeing things that you've seen your whole life, but you always like discredited or really tried to like have the left brain come in and make it super logical. The only reason I was able to understand that it was a Kundalini and a heart chakra expansion is I had a temporary Kundalini awakening when I was 20. And that honestly was the first time I was led down the rabbit hole of like soul evolution and soul expansion and enlightenment and ascension. And I really was too ignorant at the time to grasp the knowledge. I was in an extremely dark place. So I really felt the point of that Kundalini awakening was more of a resuscitation episode that I needed for like a couple weeks. After I had that, it never went away. It literally felt like it was like stained on me. You know, and you, it's almost like if you see a ghost and you knew it was a ghost, you could never talk yourself out of that experience. That's kind of the simplest way that I could explain it. So, yeah, so I ended up obviously going through with the marriage because I knew that I loved him and wanted to marry him, but I had to go to my husband and I was keeping him in the loop of everything that was going on. And my husband's a very normal human being. He doesn't see dead people, he doesn't read energy, he doesn't see auras. He doesn't study Reiki. He works on his truck. He likes to build stuff. He loves fantasy football. And he really likes when, you know, I clean the house and cook dinner and I don't talk about quantum entanglement and stuff like that because it does just kind of get a little far for him. That's totally fine. We've worked on that in the last four years with everything that's happened. Before, when I was like, I'm speaking different. My eyes are different. I'm in a state of bliss. I'm in a state of interconnectedness. And my clear audience is through the roof. And so is my clear cognizance, which can be kind of annoying when he doesn't want to talk about his feelings and I can hear exactly what you need to talk about. Like that was one of the biggest things we had to work on. But I went to him and I was completely honest with him of everything, like from the first activation I had when I was 20 to, oh my God, this is happening again. I don't know why this is happening right before my wedding. But this happened. I've looked it up. I've looked the symptoms up. Do you still want to marry me? Because the girl you proposed to just kind of died. Like she's not dead, but we're shedding some layers. We're letting go of a lot of lower octaves of ourselves, right? So luckily he ended up marrying me. That was super cool. I had one of the most beautiful weddings ever. I had a Woodstock theme. It was very just hippy dippy, white dress, barefoot, let's get married outside, be around all of our friends and family and have a really good time. Through all of this, I was like literally (laughs) in line and I was being guided from my higher self just to understand how to do the role and play the role to the point where when I was walking down the aisle, I was breathing like really hard because I couldn't like I was... Cheyenne and my oversoul were separated at this point. I had separated from my identity through my wedding. And I was just like, I was being coached from my higher self. And she was just like, it's okay. This is a part of the plan. This is a part of your soul contract. This is what you're doing. You're supposed to be here with your family. I know you're freaking out, 
just breathe, right? So I'm walking down the aisle and there's still a picture that I have of me walking down the aisle of this park I got married in. And you can see me looking up at the sky the whole time because I'm just going left, right, left, right, breathe. I can't believe this is how I feel on my wedding day. I can't believe this is what's going through my mind. And I had sadly had like a weird falling out with a few people that I really cared about in my life at the time within the couple weeks leading up to my wedding as well. And as much as I wanted to pretend like it really didn't affect me, it actually really did. (laughs) And I was like, I can't focus on this right now. I'm trying to get married. I can't focus on this right now. I'm trying to get married. So like right before I would say 30 minutes before I got married, I'm standing there in a mirror and I just have my hands crossed. And this is still a picture that I have. And I just look at, like I look at my hands, I look at myself in the dress and I send love to everybody that is not coming into my future with me, you know, cause there's like a big moment in marriage where you're like, the only the people that are in our lives are the ones that are going to like benefit and help our marriage, right? Like no matter what. And these people had kind of exit in whatever way they believe that they should exit or call me and tell me all of their, you know, rehearsed speeches. And I just put my hands up and I was like, God, I need to go get married right now. I think my heart's breaking, but I don't think it's my heart that's breaking. So can you go to my friends that, you know, are hurting or have me on their mind and release me from their mind and release them from my mind because I have a contract to fulfill. I have to do this. So, um, we went through like, you know, all the nuptials, everything was fine. Um, I cried hysterically while I tried to give my vows. Um, because again, I'm in the middle of being very high vibrational and being a human at the same time is the best way I could describe it. Like literally imagine getting, getting married on shrooms and having like beings around you talking to you, but you can't obviously tell anybody because nobody in your family believes any of this could happen. They would probably believe it's like demonic and you need Jesus and like holy water and all that. So, um, I had one friend at the wedding who actually helped me with my spiritual awakening. She's my best friend, Esther. And she knew exactly what was going on behind the scenes the whole time. And she like came to the wedding and would like hold my hand. And she would just like look at me and just be there, which was amazing. But the thing that I found really interesting was we did the rehearsal. And, you know, like you usually know like what way your head tilts to kiss. And right before we were doing the kiss of like, you know, you guys are together forever. Yay. Kiss your bride. I leaned my head the wrong way. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know how to kiss. I don't know how to kiss. (laughs) I leaned my head the other way. And my husband leaned his head that way. And when we were kissing, I closed my eyes. And in my third eye, I saw a line of translucent grooms standing behind my husband. And you know how downloads go. They're really freaking fast. Like it takes me longer to explain the story than how fast the conversations happen on the downloads. Because you ask the question, they give you the answer. The understanding is given to you immediately. There is no emotion. Emotion is a human concept, right? So I lean my head over and in the ether, I'm like, what is that? And they go, those are all your past husbands. These are your past lives. This is a soul contract. Oh, this gives me goosebumps. But I have to keep my shit together because I don't have any proof that this is happening besides the voice in my head 
that has honestly been guiding me my whole life. That was the crazy part about it because I'm stepping into the 5D, right? I guess voluntarily because like I signed up for this shit and then I'm stepping back into the 3D to make sure everybody has their picture, everybody has their moment, everybody gets their speech. I'm like, this is supposedly my day of the bride and this is my day. But I really felt like I wanted to give everybody else their day. So I was like, I think I broke myself two weeks before my wedding. And now I'm either going through a hardcore psychological psychosis, you know, just textbook, give her some medicine and move on. Or I am going to have to face all of these things that have actually been true my whole life and I've been suppressing. Uh, the one thing that I left out before that was the woman that really broke me open is a psychic medium named Joe Flowers. She is true to the divine. She works with a lot of powerful guides, but her main like overseer, guardian, and translator is St. Jude. So I can actually see Jude stand behind her and work through her as a vessel. And when I went and I first saw her, I was obviously still not in any church mindset, but I was still like, can I go outside of this and not feel condemned or like I'm going to get exiled from my family? She walked me through a past memory that was suppressed in me that I had no idea was actually still in me because the body keeps the score, but the mind forgets, right? She starts telling me about a memory I had back when I was younger where I lost my puppy dog and I was obviously really distraught over it. And she says to me, tell me the angel that came to visit you. And I immediately jumped in and I said, ma'am, that was no angel. That was Jesus Christ himself. And she said, I know where you are. I see where you are. I'm not trying to change your beliefs and I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong. I just want you to keep an open mind for the story. So Jesus came to me when I was a kid, when I was younger and my dog died. And it was a very etheric, like I saw my dead grandma when I was younger, when she died. And the next being that visited me was Jesus when my dog died. And Jesus brought me my puppy dog back clean because I had found her floating in a pond dead, which is obviously traumatic for a child. So he brought her back to me that night and put her in bed with me and telepathically told me, she's yours, she'll be with you. She never left you. We can never leave. And he's telling me, like, when he came to me, I wasn't scared. And I've researched, because this happened, I, like, dedicated myself to researching all the stories of people who knew Jesus in his time, who believed whatever they wanted to believe about him, or people that have seen him manifest consciously like that to him. And they've all said the same thing where he comes in in the glowing light. And again, this is a consciousness implantation. So obviously the Jesus I was raised on is the one that's going to come to me. I'm aware that the Jesus I know isn't actually what he looks like. I love to clarify that in the story. But he came to me and it was the same unconditional love that I felt on shrooms. And when I had my spiritual awakening, he was talking to me telepathy. 
And I just looked at him and I just remember saying to him in my mind, Oh, there you are. Oh yes. I miss you. I knew you were real. I knew you were real. And he reassured me, gave me my dog back and like pull out of this memory. I'm sitting in front of this medium and she tells me that this dog spirit has always been with me. And she said, your white dog at home, does he chase like invisible things around the house and run through the kitchen and then like run into your wall? And I was like, yeah, he's done that like since I've got him. And she's like, yeah, dogs can see things that humans can't. He sees your puppy diamond and she runs through the wall on purpose to mess with him. And I was like, I totally believe all of this. You know, when you get into resonance and the yes and no's in your body, I was like, this all makes absolute sense. So I told her that I had a name on my heart space that like would not leave me be. I have done cord cutting. I have prayed. I have sent love. I have tried so hard to get this name away from me just to get some freaking peace, like just to end that contract. And I said, it's making me feel insane that this person is on my mind. And I, no offense, I don't want it. I'm trying to live my life and you're interfering heavily. Can you please tell me if he's okay? Because I don't think he's okay. And I think that's why it's driving me insane. I can feel his heart breaking. I have no proof of this, but I just, I can only say I've had a mystical connection with this kid since I was a kid. And I've just always kind of almost like observed it and documented it because it was so out there. So she confirmed to me what I was seeing was potentially correct but there was no way for me to like call and intervene. I wasn't going to be able to call and be like, Hey bud, um, I saw you crying in my mind's eye the other day and it really broke my heart. Are you okay? Because like, he's not into that. If he is, he like tucks it in his heart space and doesn't tell anybody and acts like a completely different person than what I know him as. So I went home and I meditated and I sat there and, you know, when you meditate, you get in that beautiful, like vibrational state, you know, you're like really elevating is what I would say. And as soon as I elevated, I could see him again. And I'm pretty sure it was his higher self that was coming to talk to me because he's not going to talk. And he said, yeah, he's going through a lot right now. And, you know, when our like human selves are going through a lot, like our higher selves are going to almost like reach out. So even though he's not consciously doing it, there's something in his soul that is like yearning out subconsciously is probably the best way that they put it into context for me. And I'm like, it's breaking my heart. I have a life to live. I have stuff to do. I need this off my heart space. Please please. I send you so much love. I send you so much understanding. Let me go. Please let me go. And as soon as I said, let me go, like my whole 
my heart burst open in the front of my chest, but it also burst on the back. Like someone just took and peeled this huge piece of armor off my back. And I could visually see through my heart space and my third eye. And I could, you know, like when you're in the full receiving mode and your heart is open, it's exactly what I felt. And I just like laid there and I just cried and I cried sadness and I cried grief and I cried joy and I cried blissfully like so many, honestly, like heavenly tears. And then that was like the activation to the precognizance, to the guides coming in and telling me all the things that were happening to me. And then, you know, like... Four years later, here I am with a bag of mystical experiences. And besides learning how to live in the physical world after having the veil blown off for the hundredth time in your life and believing it, like that's been my goal with my job that I do now is providing a safe space for people that have maybe had a scenario like what I had or anybody that's just really out there helping the collective. I want to be a safe space for stories like mine and alternatives, holistic healing modalities, energy, plant medicine, neurological reprogramming, like anything that helps our vessels be vital and just having the conversation like That's where I'm at now. But if you would have asked me five years ago, like, hey, did you know you're going to have a podcast about consciousness awakening and spiritual expansions and soul evolution? I would have laughed at you because I would have never at that time gotten back in front of a microphone again. Do you think there's any significance in the timing of your spiritual awakening just weeks before your wedding? You know, I ask myself that a lot because the further you get away from the event, the more that you really, um, like you, you don't want to believe it happened. Right. And I try to go back so many times and ask that question. And I think just to try to keep myself sane in the present moment, I want to try to add some logical sense of what happened to me to it. And it's spiritual. It's not scientific. It's, it has to do with you know, like a God particle is kind of what I think about it. Why it happened before my wedding. Ah, I've never been able to answer that question. I've asked myself and I have like theories about it, but I don't even know if I could like explain the theory today. It has, honestly, I think it has more to do with quantum entanglement than anything. It's a question I don't know if I'll ever be able to answer as much as I want the answer. Like, why would it happen right before my wedding? Why didn't it happen when I lost my career of almost 10 years? You know, why, why didn't it happen when, you know, one of my really close friends died? Like, why did it happen right before two weeks before my wedding? And why did I feel like I was activated again when nobody was around to activate me? I think that's the crazy thing is I was doing things to keep myself vital and keep myself alive. But there are people that are like, they claim to be on an ascension journey and on an enlightenment journey. And I was not on that. That was my goal was I want to get married. I want to honor my relationship with this man. We're going to try to have a child. 
we're going to move on with our normal lives. None of this was a part of our life before this happened. It was more like, hey, Halloween's coming on. Let's watch Hocus Pocus. You know, love the Sanderson sisters. And then you put it back in the box at the end of October and you move on with your life. It was kind of like that. I was highly skeptical of anybody who said they could do energy work. Again, I grew up with Jesus only being a healer. And even though I believe we're all vessels for the divine in some capacity, I still had my reservations. Um, Direct experience will obviously do a lot to a human being to change them, um, whether it's stuff in the physical world or spiritual phenomenon that we all experience. And I would love to answer that question, but I actually think that question is meant for another human being outside of myself, to be honest. Because I think it all has to do with energy. And since I'm like the feminine of the aspect, I'm the receiver of most of the energy is what I would get from the connection. I just have to learn how to transmute it because there's a there's an ignorance at play on the other side that um, will be dealt with however it's dealt with. That's completely out of my control. However you explain it or can't explain it, it brought you to where you are now. And you mentioned your podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Yes. So my podcast is Safe Space with Cheyenne. So obviously anybody that's had a crazy spiritual experience, not I mean, not even like mine. I think they're all different. But even like psychic mediums, paranormal, anything with holistic health or vitality, um, Life coaches are one that I really like doing because they've definitely had like some crazy traumatic experience almost that really shifted their lives in a way. But really, like I've noticed, there's a huge shift in a higher population where they were living this, you know, unawakened like zombie life, the stereotypical programming that we all grow up in. And then something happens to them, something shifts inside of them. And they're like, I want to help humanity in a greater capacity. I want to take the things that I have went through, learned my lessons on, and I really, really, really want to go help people. I have found when you want to help people in a greater capacity like that, most normal people look at you like you're delusional. You're like a freaking like white savior type thing. Maybe your frontal lobe has just expanded too much where you have a savior complex. I don't really subscribe to any of that. Um, I think psychosis and spiritual psychosis is completely real. Um, but that is just literally back down to is your crown, your third eye, your throat chakra and your heart completely open, but all of your other three energy centers are closed because that would mean you're ungrounded. And that is when a psychosis can actually happen to you. I have studied this because I was scared it could happen to me. All of the things that I fear in spirituality, I have studied and audited for myself because I don't want to get attached to the wrong energy. I don't want to believe that I need like a guru or a teacher or any of these people to kind of help me. I have went through the last four years of this journey in a supremely observed don't attach scenario. And I have had to distance myself from people that ultimately I did not believe they were in line or actually supported what I was doing, even though we had similarities and like love for each other in a certain capacity. So that's been really weird for me. 
because I have such a strong drive and a strong passion for what I'm doing now. And I haven't felt like love for a project like this since I had like a garage band when I was 14. And I was going to be like Amy Lee and I was going to sing my soul to you. So being able to even just speak in front of a camera, produce my own content and put honestly, like all of my trials and tribulations out there. Cause I mean, I was the villain in a bigger part of my story without realizing it. I was overly traumatized, supremely reactive, highly jaded in my later corporate career. But even in my younger years, when I was, you know, just very rebellious and everyone was just kind of like almost riding me off in a sense, even though they loved me, I was dying to know why I why I was like that and what kind of made me that way. So offering the safe space for people is like being in a conversation on the phone with a friend that is just going to give you time to breathe and time to talk, right? Like that's my job as the host. I'm here to make sure, you know, anything you say is totally okay here. Um, obviously we're not talking about harming people, so that's okay. But you know, we all have ideation in some aspects and, I know that I've struggled on and off with ideation my whole life. And I've had ideation come back in the spiritual aspect because of how separated you feel from everybody after you experience these things. And again, if you know anything about clairsenses, which I know you do, because I've checked out your content and it's definitely up your alley. When you have clairsenses, you see people's true intentions for you. You see behind their mask. So even if you're meeting people that you desire that good intention from them, your intuition is going to tell you the truth. And it's up to you to protect yourself and get away from these people who do not have your true, you know, intentions in mind is the best thing I would say. Since your spiritual awakening, how have your personal relationships changed? I've lost... I don't want to say like I've lost a lot of people. I think of it as a vibrational shift for sure. I still allow myself to grieve and feel the emotion of losing these people that I love. Uh, I'm still a very direct person. Sometimes I, even like out in public, I'm not going to be like outgoing. And "Mm, does anybody want a reading? Like I'm not like the Long Island medium in that aspect. I'm not going to come knock on your shoulders and tell your aunt standing behind you socially in front of like strangers and stuff. I, um, it's obviously a big test cause I don't want to be a hermit, but going around is harder for me because I hear things that you don't want me to hear. And I see things that you don't want me to see, including the guardians and the past loved ones around you. Um, and it's all third eye. I think when I speak that people think that I literally see them like translucent, um, and translucent only happens very so often. And that's usually when I shut it down. As far as my personal relationships go, it's all about frequency and vibration at the end of the day. And I have noticed that when friendships or partnerships disband, somebody needs to blame somebody. And even I'll take heed in playing that role as well, where, oh, well, you actually did this. And this is what whatever the case may be. So yeah, I've lost people really, really close to my heart. And I can say that I've experienced the emotional devastation from that. Um, But I also love healing and helping myself and not outsourcing like my pain to other people. 
I will sit in it. I will cry. Um, my shower is my sanctuary. I will do Epsom soaks and whatever I can to just release all of that grief. And I have total faith that, you know, the people that are not in my life anymore, they have their own path. I wish them no ill will. I love everyone that I've ever experienced. And if I have like an inkling of, you know, something like mm, that I want to like judge about them or be like, you know, kind of like egotistical and high and mighty, that's just like more for me to heal. And it's going to take time because I have other things to do in my life than like, you know, wonder why I still have egotistical moments because I'm a human, right? I just think it makes me dig deeper when I lose ones that I really, really love. Like there are people that come in and just absolutely touch your soul. And you're like, I never want you to leave because you make me feel so good. You know, this is a at this time, we're at a compatible frequency. But eventually life's going to pull us away from people. And it doesn't mean like, I hate to be like, they're out of my life and they're never allowed. I really leave it up to the vibrational and the frequency match. And if there is an opportunity where we come back in each other's lives and we are good for each other, and there's a reason for that, like I'll allow that to play out. I don't go and reach out and talk to people that I've, you know, obviously been at a discord at some time and been like, Hey, I had this realization. I'd really like to be friends with you again. No, if I do want it though, I will put it out there and I will same thing as a Christian would pray to God is what I would say. I say source creator, just cause I want to make sure we're all talking about the same source we all come from. Cause I'm not into the separation stuff. I'm into union talk and I just put my hands up And I'll just say, Hey, I'm noticing that I have this on my heart today and I really don't want to carry it around. If there's any way that me and this person can ever be friends again, serve each other's lives positively, make it happen. You know, I'm going to lay this on the altar. And if it's meant for me, it's meant for me, but I'm going to go on my own way and I'm going to do the things that I need to do because I can't sit here and cry. I don't want to cry over this person anymore. I don't want to cry, you know, over the fact that their name's not going to pop up on my phone or, you know, we're not going to experience all these wonderful things together. So that's probably the hardest thing is no matter how spiritually elevated you are, you cannot bypass those human emotions with spirituality. And I sadly think that that is one of the biggest farces in the marketing of it today is say these affirmations, light this candle, cut this cord, and oh, you won't have to feel anything. It's like, no, you're human. That's the point is to heal it. And these tools help a little bit, but take your power back, honey. Feel it to heal it. So often people are afraid of losing those close to them when they want to talk about their spiritual awakening or coming out of the broom closet. Your perspective really puts it out there for people to understand that it's okay to lose people. Well, you're never really losing them. And again, I love the separation of like Cheyenne, human Cheyenne. I have emotions. I'm sensitive. I care what you say. What you say means something to me. So... I have to take responsibility for who is in my life and how they speak to me and how they treat me 
and how my boundaries are in place because I know that I'm sensitive, not just empathetically and spiritually. I'm sensitive as a human being. I'm a really, really sweet, nice person. And if you need something from me, I will probably give it to you because I love you unconditionally. And I was just taught unconditional love since I was a kid, trying to lead a life in it when you're getting the ick out of you and the reactiveness out of you. It's definitely like hard, but I'm happy that I'm on this journey instead of, you know, thinking life is so mundane and none of this is worth it. And, oh, my life is just full of obligations and I don't want to do this. And just such a dreary, unawakened state of not understanding how beautiful it is. But losing people is hard. It is absolutely hard. I do not have a higher perspective that does not allow me to not mourn these people because I loved every one of those people every step of the way. But I will not sit here and tell myself that I was 100% good for you at the time because I too was also evolving. So when I go and look at those instances where, yeah, I didn't want to lose that friend, I really go audit myself and I'm like, okay, did I speak too much from an ego? Did I speak too elevated? Did I cross a line? Did I cross a boundary? And most of the time, especially in the last four years, if like people would call me, I would completely like, I would tell you everything that was coming to my mind, you know, like not going to hold it back. You called me what you want to have this conversation. Great. This is what I saw. This is what I see. This is what's going on. And ultimately, you know, those poor people, they were just getting cognitive dissonance and evolutionary wise, we're just kind of working some stuff out on each other. So having that awareness has given me greater boundaries, has given me better discipline, has given me better control. And that's what I think those people for is for playing that role for me at the time. Like we really are all mirrors for each other. And a lot of people want to talk about the good mirrors and the good times, but I'm okay with understanding that I was the villain in the situation on sums and being unconscious of that fact. And then having that awareness and going, I found this, let's make sure we don't do this again. And let's grieve the right things. And let's not, again, always look for someone to blame in the situation. Sometimes it really is just vibration. And it's the human side that feels abandoned and feels rejected and feels misunderstood. And those can even link all the way back to just inner child issues that are coming out that this person activated in you from a soul perspective. So it really is about detaching from the emotions for a minute to have that eagle-eyed view, kind of saying like, you're too close to the forest to see the trees. Like those are the emotions that are playing out. So give yourself a moment. I think journaling really helps. And then, yeah, I fucking miss my friend. I love our conversations. I wish we could have hung out. I wish we could have figured out how to be in each other's lives. I wish, you know, all of these wonderful things. But I'm not going to sit here and badger anybody that isn't in my life anymore. Unless, of course, they like literally like put a gun to my head and try to rob me. I could still tell myself like, could be some karma, but you're probably not good for me. You know, that's all very good advice. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners before we sign off? You went from normal to psychic. 
Yeah. And I mean, I definitely had like little inklings my whole life. Like I lived in haunted houses. I've, you know, I've always been the Dr. Phil of my friends group that always had that like higher perspective for you. I never really knew I was listening to Claire audience and had Claire cognizance or like third eye, like, again, none of that um, was for me. But uh, yeah, I, I really was normal in that sense. And I woke up. And that's probably the biggest thing is I speak on it now. I tell my story now and I get better at telling my story um, because I need you to know that this can happen to you. It might happen to you. But also remember that not everybody is here to wake up. So if you do have a spiritual awakening, you don't necessarily have to run around like the person that just quit smoking cigarettes and then goes to their friend who smokes cigarettes and goes, Oh my God, you must quit smoking cigarettes. I can breathe better. I can see better. And I don't stink. (laughs) That is exactly what you want to do. You're like, Oh my gosh, I found God. I found love. I found the truth. I am you. You are me. I love you. I love you. I see you. I honor you. I love you. But that's a lot for people that are obviously just trained in like conditional love and giving something to get love in, you know, a receiving mode. So the awakening is happening. It's been happening. It's going to happen far past when I'm gone. So my job now is to make content that outlasts Cheyenne's lifetime, make sure my daughter is raised as best as I can, honoring the spiritual side of me, the creative side of me, my relationship with my husband and all the friends that do come in my life and just honor what I actually came here to do instead of being so scared to do it. So yes, one scenario that I like to paint in everybody's mind because this is my trick and it's a morbid trick. And my trick of how I can be my authentic self is I did die and I was reborn as I was still living. And there's a scene that somebody wrote that says, imagine you die, you go into this room and God is sitting at a table and he has two binders in front of you. He has a binder this big and he has a binder this big. And he slides the short binder over to you and he says, this is what you did and this is what you could have done. Can you tell me why you couldn't finish everything you went to go do. Because if you ask yourself that while you're living, you're going to find out that the people that are you love are the ones that you're actually letting hold you back because you don't know how they're going to react. It's putting yourself out there that you're scared of. It's the fear of failure, the fear of losing friendships and loved ones. And this could even attribute to like marriages I know there's a lot of people that are stuck in such a deep comfort zone in their marriage that they're so scared to be alone that they're like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here and I'm not going to evolve. And again, it's your free will. You have that choice. I send so much love for people that do that too. But we all have something we came here to do. So it's going to take some time to find it. You're going to pick some things up and put it down. It's totally freaking fine. Failure is just an early attempt at success. and. If you do wake up in this lifetime, congratulations. It's beautiful. It's authentic. If you don't, you're not left out. You're still playing a part. Like you're still helping humanity. This isn't a spiritual ego talk. You know, you're all loved. You're all seen. And at the end of the day, we really are all from the same place. And if you don't believe me and you don't have a spiritual awakening, just go take some freaking shrooms and 
they'll show you. And if you really feel like doing some crazy stuff, go do DMT or ayahuasca. Those are on my to-do list because I would like to speak to God again the way that I did the day that I woke up. Well, you definitely have had your bag of mystical experiences. And thank you for sharing them with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love telling the story and I'm just so thankful that I could talk to you as well. I'm very thankful too. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. Thank you.